2: I'm just looking at your message, chat all of a sudden. Sorry, I looked down for the first time. Anyway, uh, welcome back
3: here. <laughs> Did I make you laugh? Am I <laughs> just, a clown? Do I
2: amuse you? <laughs> I am five years old. And so hearing or seeing curse words sometimes in print just makes me giggle. <laughs> and there were several in it. So I just laughed like the child that I am sometimes. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. So we have another tipping debate. That we'll get to uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes that we've never really talked about before. But we have uh, news on the latest collaboration between Minsky's and Joe's Kansas City. This is one that we've had before, but it's coming back. The Z-Man pizza is coming back for a limited time. Um, Oh, they announced it today. When is it coming back? Uh, Let's see. Back while supplies last at all Kansas City and Lawrence locations. Which Um, seems to say today right that's that makes me wonder if anybody's out at that location and can let us know that'd be great (laughs) uh the pizzas are only available on a large original minsky's crust the pizza includes a blend of joe's kansas city fry seasoning in garlic butter and a layer of joe's kansas city barbecue sauce spread on minsky's crust topped with beef brisket mozzarella provolone joe's kc onion rings and more barbecue sauce how's that diet (sighs) Uh, how's, how's that solid food thing? I <laughs>
3: are, are we there yet? No, no we're not. Uh, but but even if we this were a bad choice then we talking about sorry. I'm, no no no, that's okay. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big barbecue pizza person to begin with. I mean, just like the barbecue chicken thing it, is not my it's all right, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm too much of a traditionalist for that. Mm-hmm. And the idea of putting garlic butter on the crust first and then going—I mean, that just sounds like a greasy mess to me. I, I'm sure there are folks for whom that's going to be absolutely delicious, but I'm not so sure I'm that guy. Colin, is this more your more up your alley? What are we doing, the Colin? We doing and the, the barbecue? Doing a little Q pizza? Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I mean, when they brought it in last time for us to try, when they did it the first time, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, and and the other thing, and and this is not Minsky's fault, uh, and it's certainly not Joe's Kansas City's fault, but the the idea of a large pizza being 24 bucks. Oh. Yes. Man, oh, man, that hurts a little. I just, uh, yeah, that, that seems excessive to me. But, I mean, everybody else is going that way, too. So, I mean, they're certainly not alone.
2: I'm curious to know how it works out with the onion rings on top. Yeah. Um. For texture reasons, there's just a lot going on there. Crust and then chicken and then a lot of cheese and then the onion rings and then more barbecue sauce. There's, how's yep. the onion ring hold up? <laughs> yeah. In that scenario. And is, it,
3: is it nice and crispy or does it, uh, does it get a little bit, you know, limp?
2: But I like the collaborations. I like it when Betty Ray's teams up with Joe's Kansas City. And I like when Minsky's, I like when the local everything kind of gets together and does that.
3: that's true yeah and they'll sell a zillion of them i mean yeah. Oh, yeah. don't let my hesitation put you <laughs> off by, by any means uh yeah they, i mean this thing's gonna sell like crazy uh but yeah uh I, i'd be curious um yeah how how well that's that's gonna go over but it just it, like i said that seems like boy you, you got garlic butter and you've got uh, your fried onion rings and like i said that's just that's a lot of grease
2: if somebody wants to tell John it's amazing, 9135867798, feel free. I'm
3: sure it is. I'm I'm sure it absolutely is. But uh yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you can have my piece. I'll get a pepperoni and mushroom and we'll be good.
2: I'm a little more of a purist too. I don't even put meat on mine if, oh, if okay, given yeah. my choice. I just do cheese and I, I would do other things like when I go to Pizza Fifty One, it's bacon and sun-dried tomato, but that's that's only a Pizza Fifty one.
3: Yeah, every time I've gone to Pizza 51, it's been pepperoni. So, yeah, yeah, and and here I am saying greasy. I mean, there's no greasier (laughs) meat in the world than pepperoni. I recognize that, but there are some things I just can't change. I do wish more places would start using the small-gauge pepperoni, though we've got a couple in town that do, but they're chains, and the pizza's not awesome. But is that least, the same
2: thing as the cup pepperoni?
3: Yeah. Yeah, the cup and char. Okay. Uh huh. I know it was also called small
2: gauge. How fancy. Okay. Yeah. Well.
3: <laughs> grew up in the biz. Uh so yeah, it's um yeah, margarita pepperoni is probably about the best you can get. And that's that's the one that's only about uh, three quarters of an inch in diameter.
2: Which one does Pizza 51 use? They don't
3: use they, that or No, they, they do? have the they have the big ones. The bigger but, ones. But that's okay. okay. I mean, most people in most places do
2: in case we're all hungry. Okay, so we go from talking about meat to the opposite of talking about meat. Apparently being vegan is thought to be a chick thing and men don't wanna be vegan because they think it's a chick thing. (laughs) And so a study's been done that says if you would redo the marketing of veganism to make it more manly, more men would be vegan because you don't like the chick marketing. Apparently.
3: Uh, um, Just I, tell you I, what I've heard. You know what I don't like about veganism—the fact that there's no meat. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, or if, any food, if, yeah, <laughs> right. any any animal product at all.
3: If they could get rid of that, then I'd be all over it. You know, as as long as we could throw a little meat in there, I'm I'm good to go. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if that has anything to do with it. it. It it does seem to have that sort of. I mean, the guy that they show in this article is mm-hmm. first of all rail thin. Uh, And second of all, he doesn't have a man bun, but he does have a ponytail. And I mean, he looks exactly like every vegan male that you would conjure up in your head. So he looks happy. Yeah, he does look happy. But even they're doing it is my point. You know, if what they're (laughs) saying is, well, the marketing is what's wrong here. See, nobody wants to be like this guy. Well, maybe.
2: Study was done at Stockholm University. Um, Lead author Alma Schultz said, men might be less inclined to consume vegan food due to the need to perform gender. So stay gender aligned, <laughs> Okay. I guess it's a weird way to say it, perform gender. I've never heard it put that way before. Uh-huh. Uh, but with vegan food being framed in a masculine way, men might feel less resistance and become more likely to consume it. Really? Really? This
3: is the problem? I don't it's chick food? I don't think that it is. I, somebody just texted in and said, vegetables are what food eats. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, too. No, I do eat my veggies. I do love my veggies, but, uh, yeah, I need a little something more substantive to go along with them. And, I mean, we're omnivores, so... Sure. So they tested this theory, and the results... Um, the results
2: rang true. So they said... Researchers altered the presentation and description of vegan dishes with masculine words, which they don't tell me what they are. Yeah, and come I, on. I want to know what the masculine words are for veganism that are versus feminine words for being a vegan, but that's not in here. Uh, to see how men responded, they also gauged the participants' alignment with traditional masculinity and their general take on veganism. Women predictably lean toward more veganism. While the masculine marketing didn't particularly boost men's preference for vegan dishes, it shifted their perception of those from being feminine to more neutral.
3: <laughs> Slapping onion on the grill, guys. <laughs> hey, does that make it any more appetizing? I don't know. Um, as long as there's a steak there with it, it'd be fine. I Yeah, I, I mean, I think they, they have a point to a degree when they say that a lot of the, the images that are conjured up are... Um, yeah they're not lumberjacks, yeah, they're more slim yeah um and and usually women, you know uh, mm-hmm. in fact, I'm trying to think of any man i I know one man who is a vegetarian and that's it. I'm sure there's lots of them but I, I you know in in my circle, which is a fairly wide circle, there's only one guy that I know of who is I know and he's only not vegan. one woman even who is vegan.
2: And that's for health reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I could not name you a male or female in my circle. Otherwise, that's that's either. I know several men that are gluten-free, but that's it.
3: Yeah, which is another kind of a funny one. Um, yeah. If, if you don't have celiac disease, gluten's not doing anything bad to you. <laughs> it just, it's fine. There, there's no like negative effects unless you have celiac.
2: Well, honestly, the person that I know tested out some theories about like trying to figure out like anxiety and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And in, and in getting rid of, of gluten found his mood stabilized more. Great. It worked for him. So you never know how our bodies are built. So (laughs) people are texting him. You're being funny on the text line. We're we're getting, we're getting
3: nothing but jokes about veganisms. Uh, And, and yes, the old trope about, if you want to know if somebody's vegan, just wait a little while. They'll tell you.
2: Yeah. All right. Coming up then, do you tip at a food truck? Uh, Numbers are pretty split on this one. Get to this coming up here in KMBZ. All right. The tipping debate rages on. Now, food trucks are the topic of conversation here. And this one's pretty evenly split, according to a Forbes advisor survey.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, when you go to a food truck, I know if there's not a lot of them around here, but do you feel the need to leave a tip?
2: If I am asked for one, <laughs> I will succumb to peer pressure and give one Uh huh. because there's a lot of pressure in that moment. And so, yes, I will. If I'm not asked for one, it does not occur to me to.
3: OK, all right. And, and that's fair, because a lot of times, especially if they're, you know, if they're really slammed and they're just trying to get you in and get you out, then it'll just be OK. That's five bucks. And you hand them the five bucks or you eat more often. You just click it on the phone and, and off you go. Um, the food truck that I normally go to, the only one that I regularly go to, which, by the way, was here last Friday. Another cruel joke on someone who can't eat real food. Um, I always tip because those guys are working fryers. And they're working fryers in a very small enclosed space. It's that's hard work. So I don't mind at all, even though it's not technically being served to me or whatever. I don't mind putting on an extra 15% for that.
2: And it's funny. Someone on the text line said the exact same thing. Oh, really? Someone on the text line said, having worked in a food truck with fryers that get really hot you should be tipping them. If, uh-huh. In fact, they said, if you're not tipping in a food truck, you're wrong <laughs> because that's that's a place wow. you should definitely be tipping. But I think that argument shows where a lot of that gray area is in deciding whether to tip at a place or not. You can, you know, sympathize with the fact that the kitchen's really hot. Yeah. And I said, well, most kitchens are hot. Most, you know, ever that's been in a, in a restaurant kitchen? I mean, they're usually hot.
3: Yeah. And you're going to have... Um... Yeah, I mean, the restaurant kitchen's going to have a little bit more space for the heat to kind of dissipate. Sure. But but not all of them. I mean, there are some really small restaurant kitchens out there, too. So that's, that's not uh, necessarily the case. And you watch those guys back there, and they're always sweating, too. But, um, yeah, I, I guess it would depend on the food truck. Like, if, if I'm going – if their thing is, like, brownies and ice cream, which yeah. is God's gift to dessert, uh, then – you know, you're just scooping ice cream. I mean, you're not doing that much.
2: But sometimes I just tip a lot if I like the thing. Yeah. If they are just serving something that I really like and I'm happy to support what they do then I'll just tip more like um, at the farmer's market in downtown mission. When they have that, it just closed up for the year, but they've got it like six months of the year. If they're making fresh tamales or they're doing just something that I really, I'm never going to make at home. And I really like, why not? I'm supporting something local. So I'll just, I'll tack on a little bit more.
3: Yeah. and, And that makes sense. I guess the one thing that would be a major difference between them and serve like wait staff is that I don't think the food truck servers can be paid a server's wage. I think they have to be minimum wage or above. If I'm wrong, okay. by the way, 100% correct me on that, but that's my conception of it is that they, you know, they set the prices on the truck so that if they sell the food for the price that they're asking for it, then everybody's, everybody's salary is going to be covered. The cost of the food is going to be covered, and with any luck, they'll make a little profit.
2: Somebody in the text line just pointed out, normally food trucks are being run by someone or are being the person that's serving you is someone that has an ownership stake in the food truck. Which is usually true. It's usually a one man band. Yep. It's usually a person owns the truck and they're making the food and they're serving you, so they they don't expect people to tip because they have set the prices and they they're oh, getting your money.
3: And and I'm sure that's true for ninety plus percent of them. Although the the one that I go to is part of a chain. Uh There's okay. I think there's five or six of them out there that are the same truck, uh, different crews obviously, but uh, you know they they hit different areas of the country on different weeks, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very small business. Even if you've got a chain of food trucks that's all the same thing, you're still talking about a relatively small business with way fewer than 100 employees.
2: What do we still have confusion about with the tipping? 913-586-7798. What have we still not settled on here? Uh, as far as food trucks, I said 40% of respondents said they don't think food truck workers should be asking for tips, although it's common for them to ask you for it anyway. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because sometimes you'll see the option of like one, two, or three dollars. Other times it'll be a percentage, depending on what kind of place it's in. Yep. I don't like that we've defaulted to eighteen percent being the lowest of your three options. I don't either. I'm annoyed by that. I'm probably going to do it anyway, but don't let that be my
3: the lowest default, especially in that situation where you know everybody's making at least minimum wage, and and then you're tipping on top of that. Yeah, Uh, start me off at fifteen. Uh, that'll that'll be more than fine, especially given that what you did was hand my food to me. <laughs> right. You know, it's that, that was the entire job. And I'm going to see you for all of 30 seconds. So where do
2: we still have some some gray area? Somebody just mentioned cleaning services. If they come clean your house, I don't do that. But I would assume if I did, I would probably tip them. or just pay them well. I mean, you would assume in a case like that, you could just give them a rate that's good every time instead of having to tip on top of it. Some of you round up. Some of you are in this, hey, if it's 15 bucks, you just give them 20 bucks thing.
3: Yeah, and and that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I wonder, because I mean, the, the idea of us using cash is has also dissipated over time. I wonder how much of the food truck business is cash-based because every time I see, in fact, I'm trying to remember if the one that I go to even takes cash. I think they do. But every time I go, not only me, but everybody else that I see in line paying for their food, they're all paying with cards.
2: Yeah. And again, it's that 3% fee. Boy, if anybody was going to do cash only, I could see it being a food truck. Because usually you like a food truck and you go to that same one a lot. And once you know it's cash only... You'll always remember to have cash with you. Yeah.
3: And and to the point about, you know, who runs what trucks. So yeah, even the texture who texted in about that, saying it's a very small business, said even the ones in their experience that have more than one truck, it's family. You know, Uncle Bob yeah. runs this truck and brother Steve runs this one. And yeah, it's it's all like that. So still, again, you're talking about a really small universe. Looking to see what else is coming in here.
2: Um, and if you have thoughts here, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. I feel like food trucks is the last thing that we hadn't talked about in a while yeah. in terms of the... Like, every area has come up for debate since we don't know what to do anymore.
3: Exactly, yeah. And what I think we should really be talking about concerning food trucks is, why don't we have more of them? (laughs) Please, can we we attract more of them? My my annoyance with Kansas... Have you ever been to
2: Portland, Oregon, John?
3: No, but I know that there's a huge food truck culture up there.
2: I've probably talked about it because I love it. Um, Portland, Oregon has what they call pods. They take parking lots that are small... They do, sort of like we have Iron District, they kind of do that, where they do food trucks along the perimeter, and then they have picnic tables in the middle. And so you can put 10 or 15 food trucks around in these pods. And Portland's known for them, and they've probably got six or eight of these pods. I mean, they're just known for it. I feel like we don't have a central location for them to set up, and there's no regular schedule of things. I don't know who's going to be where when.
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, even the one that I go to, they, they're they at the Harbor Freight parking lot mostly. Uh, so, yeah, there's a giant lot out there, and nobody ever uses the back half of it, so they've got the space. But really, if you tried to put two or three more trucks in there, it, they wouldn't fit. So that, that is a good point. Um, I wonder if there is some place. Maybe, maybe we could cover over a landfill and put them out there. Um, so, that's what you want. The smell of your callback. tacos blended <laughs> yeah. in with whatever else is coming out of there. Um, but, yeah, I, the Portland thing. Uh, I think it was an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Mm-hmm. And he had Fred Armisen on as the guest. Mm-hmm. So, and Fred Armisen famously lives in Portland and had the show Portlandia and all of that. So mm-hmm. they they went around in a little uh, in an old sob, actually. Um, and they ended up eating at one of those pods that you're talking about. So they were just mm-hmm. walking around and they were talking about what a cool idea it was to have this. And I thought, yeah, it is. I'd kind of like to have that myself.
2: Texter just went off on what also is a a pain for me. Don't hand me the card reader to tip. I don't like it when I'm handed the device. Oh. And you stand there and wait for me to put the tip in. That happened to me at a cocktail bar recently where they just, they just hand you the thing and you put your card in and you're, and they're standing right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they're watching what
3: you're doing. I still, yeah, when, when the bill comes, I did this last night. As a matter of fact, when the bill comes for food, Uh, And and you do the whole credit card or debit card transaction thing, and they bring you the thing back. I always do the same thing. I I fill it out, fill out the tip, Mm -hmm. and and then put the uh, put the receipt that's filled out in the pen, like you know where the little pen clip is, and then turn it over. Me too. So that you you know it's like well they're gonna see it anyway, but it's just the idea of I don't want you to see it while I'm sitting there.
2: It just seems impolite to have it sitting out for everyone to look at to see what kind of a tipper you are.
3: But if that's the way that you pay them, if you pay them right at that point of sale machine, what's the alternative? How else are you going to tip at all?
2: We have to get to a break. Uh, Callers, hang on the line here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes on KMBZ.
5: up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
2: all right coming up we have new details now about this crash on saturday afternoon where um a guy was caught doing almost 100 miles an hour in this crash that killed his daughter and his girlfriend. There's some some interesting details that we've got about this now that we'll get to coming up here. Uh, but we were talking about the latest confusion about when and how much to tip. Food trucks is where it came up this time.
3: We'll go back to it, and Alan in Kansas City is up next. Hey, Alan.
6: Hey, hey, Grayson and Jamie. I love your show. Thank you, sir. Um, I had a question, uh, and I use and I've changed my position on this. But when you stay in a hotel, I know some people leave a tip for the cleaning people. And I used to not until this summer. I had the opportunity to work at Yellowstone Park. And um, I worked in housekeeping. It was a gig to where it's kind of for retired people. You get to see Yellowstone, you work 20 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I busted my butt cleaning the rooms, making the beds. And we loved it when someone left a tip. And before then, I wasn't in the habit of doing that. But from now on, every time I stay in the hotel, I leave, you know, maybe five dollars, anything, uh, for the cleaning people, because a lot of them are either minimum wage, or college kids, or high school kids, whatever. So I've changed my position on that just because of doing it myself and seeing how hard of work it is.
3: Now, so there are. Oh God. I was going to say, is there anywhere that that people normally tip that you don't, Alan?
6: You mean as far as hotels? Or
3: no, no, anything? no, just, just in general. Like, you know, is is there something that people tip that, that you say, no, 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 I don't feel like tipping on that? Because the, the hotel thing is a good one because yeah. I, I think you're in the minority. Um, I'm not saying you should be or shouldn't be. I just I think most people don't, especially yeah. if they're only in a hotel room for one night. But is do you tend to tip right. everybody who gets tipped?
6: Uh, no, and usually food service, uh, my mom was a waitress, so okay. I always over-tip. But, you know, I do, when I take out, you know, to go to Pizza Hut and pick up the pizza, you know, I leave a dollar. Okay. And, and I feel like, should I leave more? I always want to leave something, but like you said, they handed me the pizza. And, <laughs> you know, do I pay them for that? So I always leave something. It's not 10%. It's a dollar or two. But again, it depends, I think, from where you're coming from. And, you know, if you've had people that worked in the service industries, I think you'll tend to be a better tipper if you've done that before. But I would think that just the carry out would be the one place that sometimes I question whether I should tip or not.
2: Helen, real quick, there are two schools of thought on the hotel tipping. There are the people that tip on the first night of their stay to get better service throughout. And there are people who reward good service by tipping on the last day. What do you do?
6: You know, I usually tip when I leave. So whether it's ah. one or three days, um, you know, I I feel the first day is manipulative. It is. It's, uh, it's know, trying to incentivize better service. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. exactly it that. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: I, I know. I know that is the definition of tip, but um, I just do it once. And at the end, uh, even though they might, a lot of times though, uh, Jamie, they don't clean the room until you leave unless, you know, you, you ask for it. So Oh, that is I a
2: think- point of contention with me that we'll save for another time. <laughs>
3: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Alan, well done, sir. Thank you. Thanks very much for the call. Yeah. That hits
2: a nerve. That went away in the pandemic. They used to clean your room every day. Now they don't, and I
3: can't stand that. Yeah, we rarely stay anywhere for more than a night uh, Mm -hmm. in a hotel, but we did last year when we stayed down in Florida for a week. And we waited until the last night. And even though we generally put the do not disturb sign on the door they don't clean Mm -hmm. every day, I still tipped them as though they had.
2: I... I always think this conversation is interesting because I I want somebody in there every day making my bed. Yeah. And to, and, and giving fresh towels and all that. And I, I don't take anything with me to a hotel that I have to worry about anyone getting into. So I just like to come in every day. When my mom and I were in Hawaii, I learned she is the tip every day person and she is generous about it every single day. I'm probably more inclined to incentivize at the beginning. I like to call it incentivize, not manipulate. We are incentivizing good service so I'm probably more likely to leave like a 20 on the first day. So okay. they kind of take care of me while I'm there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Uh, do you leave something else then later? No. Okay. So not uh, unless it
2: was really spectacular. Like, did they really go out of their way?
3: Okay. I got you. Yeah. Cause I think we left them a hundred bucks. Um, wow, no. but, but I mean, we were there for a week, so yeah. most of a week. So, it, it, you know, it kind of made sense. Um, they were also recovering from a pretty nasty storm when we got there. So, uh, yeah, I I mean the amount should it be tied to the price of the room? Like if you stay at a really nice place, are you gonna tip more than if you stay at like a you know some flea bag? Maybe it should be, but I don't think I would take that into account.
2: <laughs> I, maybe I should think about that more. Yeah, because I also think in a nicer place you are tipping more people, and so I you feel like you're you know like again we were at this resort um in hawaii and it's like there's the guy that brings your bags up there's the guy that takes you to your car there's just there's a lot of people to tip all the time would i tip more and i'm not usually in really nice places to have to think about
3: it no me either it, so yeah, well, and and it's you know you want another really funny thing, it, even though this is kind of beside the point is the last time I stayed at a really nice hotel, they stole 50 bucks from me and from it, where oh uh it, it was one of those things where they they have an added charge like for incidentals that they put on your credit card and when you check yeah. out if you don't have any, they're supposed to refund it. they never uh-huh. did. when did you notice it? Oh right away, I was looking for oh. it. I, I was oh, yeah, I was looking for it that might and it never showed up. it's been two two and a half years now. Uh, but And I called them and, you know, you had managers ducking me and all of that stuff. And they just never paid me back. But uh, I, you know, thankfully, I didn't tip them because <laughs> they ripped me mm-hmm. off. Um, but, yeah, I, I always wonder about that. Is It's like, what's the correct level? What's the right amount to tip in a hotel?
2: Especially for this, I had never thought about. Is there should it be a percentage of your room rate?
3: Yeah, I, I guess. guess. Oh, I guess it yeah. should be.
2: <laughs> I'm not, I don't it also depends like do I have cash with me.
3: Yeah, which and, I often well, don't. And if your mom is one of the ones who tips every day, mm-hmm. how do you let them know this is for you rather than just money I left on the counter because they're not supposed she, to take that?
2: She does a really good job of putting it um I've wondered that too. Like because usually your money is going to be away somewhere. Like my money isn't just going to be sitting out, especially if the cleaning people are coming. It's yeah. it's with me, but she'll usually put it um like if there's a bar or something or she'll put it with coffee that it needs to be replaced or something like that Oh, okay. so that they know specifically sometimes she leaves a note
3: yeah cause, and that that's what i was wondering is does she leave a note because even though you don't leave cash sitting around in your hotel room if you're smart the idea is that you should be able to that right. you know they're not going to rip you off let's uh yeah we got time for summer let's bring summer into the mix hi summer
7: hey guys um i just wanted to make a few points because i'm actually a server in the industry oh great i won't say where but i do know a couple places that offer what we offer which is like a buffet style meal an endless meal and i would tell you that people will find any reason even if it's beyond the servers like you know ability to take care of that problem it'd be the company's problem they'll use that as an incentive like it happened to me actually last night Um, this lady wanted a box for the buffet-style meal. We cannot offer that anymore because we've actually been getting threatened over this type of meal, which is absolutely absurd. Wow. But she ended up tipping me $0.15, and her daughter seen that, um, and she came up to me when they had left the building, and she's like, is this serious? I'm like, what? And she's like, the $0.15. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what she gave me. And uh, I'm also not one of those servers to stand over people. We do use the Prestos but it's for a um, fraud prevention because they some servers you can't trust everybody, even servers sometimes, and taking the card away often, some servers would be copying those card numbers, oh. and you never know what someone's doing with your card. So we now offer the Prestos where we'll will show you how to cash it out, and then you can cash yourself out at the table. And I'm also not one of those to stand over the people. I usually drop it and walk away, give them personal space to cash their things out um aka fraud prevention <laughs> you shouldn't be standing over anyone cashing anything out so i totally agree there but yeah she ended up the lady ended up giving me a 30 dollars tip on top of it was just like a 50 dollars check but she really felt bad because her mom had literally just given me 15 cent over something that was not out of my like out of my control pretty much
3: yeah that that's like refusing to tip somebody because the food was bad well your waitress didn't cook it
7: right you know and, <laughs> We always, I always check in with my guests when they're eating and dining in to make sure their experience is going as planned. And if it's not, I fix it right away. So even then, I go out of my way to make sure, and they they just – I love guests, but a lot of people are, after pretty much the pandemic, are in this mindset of finding any reason at all to not tip a service industry worker. But honestly, we don't get paid hourly, and everything is tip-based. So we totally live off of tips.
3: Right. Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, I I hope uh, I hope that she doesn't come back. Summer. Thanks for bad. thanks very much for the call. Um, yeah. I I I mean tipping some or you know refusing to tip somebody or giving somebody a lousy tip because of something they didn't do. The only time that the the quality of the food will come into the equation with me is if I bring it to his or her attention to my server's attention mm-hmm. and I get attitude back. Well, yeah. okay, then then that's you being a jerk. You know, if yeah. I say, hey, look, the steak isn't, I ordered it medium. This is obviously rare. So, you know, can we do something about this? And normally, I mean, you know, most often they'll say, yeah, no, no problem. I'll take care of it right away for you. And that will get you an even better tip. But, Absolutely. but if you give me trouble over it, then all of a sudden your number starts to tick down
2: all right thanks to everybody for getting here uh coming up the list of problems related to this wreck over the weekend uh where the guy was going 90 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone the list of problems here is long get to that coming up here on kmbc phone number here 913-586-7798 okay there is a lot to this wreck that happened on saturday afternoon um at 30 in the afternoon, this fatal wreck, I-435 in Bannister Road, we have a guy running red lights. We have a guy who thought maybe he was chasing the car behind him or he was revving his engine, trying to trying to get away from him. There's another car that's involved. We have a car seat maybe that wasn't secured properly. And we have two people dead, most importantly.
3: Yeah, uh, and the the two people that include a child. Which makes matters worse, uh, but I, I mean, when they say, court documents say that this guy, uh, Darius Tolson, uh, according to the folks at Fox 4, was driving his Jeep Grand Cherokee, and this is the part that just kills you a little bit inside, and either racing or chasing the driver of a blue Dodge car while headed westbound on Bannister, which was what led him to go 94 miles an hour in the first place, which isn't legal anywhere, um, but... Yeah, He ended up flipping the SUV, and that's what caused all of the problem, uh, that and the excessive speed. So through all of this, neither one of those things is anywhere near an excuse. Okay, maybe he was racing with two other people in the car? Right. Or maybe he was chasing the other guy. You know what? Calm down. Whatever it is he did, you'll live. Um. So data from the SUV
2: showed at the time of the crash this guy was going between 92 and 94 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone the engine throttle was at 99 and he did not apply his brakes um he hit i this is one of those i can't believe only two people were killed um because he hit um the where's the other not the dodge the honda so he hit a honda uh she says the driver said she checked the intersection before she did what she wanted to do, didn't see any approaching vehicles, and then heard a loud boom and wasn't sure what hit her car. The fact that she only suffered minor injuries is amazing. That's what sent the Jeep overturning multiple times, though.
3: Um. Yeah. And I mean, think about what that says for a minute. Yeah. She checked the intersection and didn't see anybody coming right. because he was going 94 miles an hour. I mean, right. if yeah, she could have checked all she wanted. He's going to come out of nowhere. And it sounds like what happened. And the reason why she just ended up with minor injuries is he just clipped that car a little bit. Yeah. You're going 94 miles an hour. It does not take much.
2: Yeah. And the, but that was enough to cause him to flip. Oh, yeah. Easily. So he admitted to running the red lights, told investigators he thought everyone in the SUV was properly secured. Although said his daughter would undo her seatbelt occasionally. No. I need parents to talk to me about that for a second. My understanding from when we've talked about this before is that a two-year-old, if properly secured in a safety seat, can't undo that buckle
3: on their own. Right? Um, If we're talking about a two-year-old that's almost three... Okay. Yeah, my my son did it once. Okay. Only once, and and that's the thing is you can hear it now. If you're driving right. 94 miles an hour, you might not notice. Especially if you're you know outraged at the other driver, or you're racing somebody, or whatever the stupid excuse was, then uh, yeah, you may not pay attention to that. You may not hear it. But the fact of the matter is, she wasn't thrown from the car because of her seatbelt. She was thrown right. from the car because you rolled it, dude.
2: Right. Uh, crash reports said a front-facing car seat was found in the back seat but didn't appear to be properly secured. Yeah, that fits. Shock. That fits um, with this. I, if you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Again, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. You're either chasing or something's going on with this Dodge that has just annoyed you somehow. And you start running red lights at a really busy time of day on a Saturday.
3: Yeah. And what are I, you thinking? I mean... And which do you think is more likely? because I, I I have an answer to this. Do you think it's more likely that he was racing or that he was mad? Um, mad at what? At the other the other driver flipped him off or cut him off or did yeah. something.
2: Um, well, the only part I don't get is that why would you racing makes more sense to me? Because if you're running red lights going 90 miles an hour in a 40, that makes yeah, more sense to me. Right. If the other person had made you mad, why are you why are you going fast running red lights? Yeah.
3: Well, people do, though. I mean, maybe it's, I'm going to show him. I'll follow him home oh, to try and to go yell him. at him yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Or, to, you know, try to get him to stop so you can beat him up or something. It, it, it's a, like a road rage thing. And the reason why I kind of lean toward that instead of racing is, Is I would like to believe, and I know maybe this is me being a naive little you know summer child, but I would like to believe that even this guy wouldn't race somebody at 94 miles an hour with a two-year-old in the car. Unless what? Rage makes people stupid. Okay. I, I mean if if so that that's why I think maybe this that's what this was. They kind of opened the door. I mean, for the court documents to say apparently he didn't say why he was doing it. But for the court documents to say it was either a chase or it was a race, mm, my guess would be that it was a chase. He was mad at that guy. He said, take this for what you will, the other
2: driver was revving their engine when the light turned green and he felt they were pacing him and too close. So what? Let him. So he sped up to get away from the other driver.
3: (laughs) No, (laughs) I don't believe that one for a minute.
2: Uh, He said he didn't recognize the other vehicle, nor did he recall having issues with the other driver. Uh, Involuntary manslaughter is what he's facing now. Yeah. Somebody's
3: somebody's doing that to you. Pull over. Let him go.
2: Yeah. Um, And running red lights. Is this not, John, I have it in my head that this is the same place where we had the vehicle last week with the elderly driver in the Lexus. Wasn't it 435 in Bannister?
3: Oh boy, was you know that I, same I, don't, area? I don't remember I think you're right. Uh, it
2: rang a bell when I saw this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought it was the place. same wreck
3: yeah, but
2: it, it this was Saturday,
3: not not
2: last week. Um yeah, everything went wrong here. Kid wasn't secured, somehow wasn't in the in the buckle. Um, somebody asked if this guy was wearing a seatbelt. We don't know that. We also don't know much about the girlfriend here. She's barely mentioned in this story. Mm-hmm. We know she was killed, yeah, but that's all we know. <sighs> a couple you're saying there's no way that this two year old could have gotten the buckle undone, or at least they know not to mess with it. I have a hard time getting the buckle undone <laughs> when I've got kids that I'm <laughs> watch me sometime trying to get a kid out of a car seat. That's yeah. happened in our in our parking lot before. Um, it takes me five minutes to try to get the thing
3: undone. Yeah, they are a pain, and and rightfully so. They should be. Uh, a lot of them now. As I was thinking about it, because I was thinking about, you know, when my son, who is now 30, I don't know how old he is, 38, wow. Uh, No, he couldn't be that old. Hey, whatever. He's, uh, when he was a little kid, since then, there have been advances, and they have this sleeve now. Like, if you have the one that's got the button on it, Mm -hmm. that you use to undo the the buckle, it'll have a a plastic sleeve that goes down over that, so that you have a two-step process. You need to lift that up and then hit the button to get them out.
2: Okay. Is it and is it harder for the kid to do it
3: yeah too, uh, that it, way because their hands aren't as strong so they would have to use one hand to pull that sleeve up and the other hand to hit the button and their their hands just wouldn't be able to do it
2: somebody else said my three-year-old daughter does it all the time I have to watch her like a hawk yeah okay uh, if it's an older car seat wouldn't surprise me um so he is facing involuntary manslaughter I suspect more charges will be added here given all the traffic violations in addition to sure. The involuntary manslaughter. So, all right, we'll update that whenever we hear more about it. Coming up in the next hour, uh, Dollar General in trouble uh, because of what their cashier allegedly did. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.